0: I'm Tony Esselin and I'm Amy Bernard and we are here to help make it make sense. This is the podcast that takes complicated science and breaks it down into easy to understand language. So buckle up buttercups. You are in for a bumpy ride. Yeah. All right. We are back from we our little back. break. It's now going to be long COVID brought to you by Dr. Tony brought to you by me. <laughs>
1: Um, okay, this might this is probably going to be a quick one, um, but I uh, wanted to give some information for those of you who are confused about long COVID. I wanted to try to give you some insight as far as I understand it. Um, the good news and the bad news is that we still don't understand, <laughs> to be honest. Um, like we've said over and over, we are still learning Um, We are still in this pandemic and we are still learning every day. And I think that now, three years into the pandemic, there is much more attention being shifted toward long COVID than has been in the beginning because acute COVID was was what was killing folks and people had all of their attention on acute COVID. Um, And so now let's talk about long COVID because um, this is the long-term consequence of actually being infected with COVID. And so... um, I was uh, fortunate enough to go to uh, to do a continuing medical education um, with the health department about long COVID, and got a lot of really good information. It was a really well done webinar, I have to say. Um, and so I wanted to share what I understood with you. So the first thing I wanted to say, and the reason why I think it's important to just talk about this a little bit, is that number one, again, we don't really understand it, but number two to say to those of you who think that things are different since you've been infected with COVID that you are not imagining it, right? Like, so this is this is a real phenomenon and no two symptoms are alike. One of the things is that, um, one of the things that I wrote down, which with exclamation points is that there are between 50 to 203 different symptoms documented of long COVID, yeah. Yeah.
0: 50 to 203. Wow. Yes. So can I ask a question about that? Sure. Um, With people that have long COVID, do they often have multiple or can it be even just one? It can be just one. Okay. It can be just one.
1: And so categorizing it, screening for it, all of those things are still in process. Um, which has made it really frustrating for patients, right? So for for folks who have actually experienced this and tried to communicate with their providers about what they're feeling, honestly, the providers are still learning about this. And so they're not, you know, a lot of the times they're they can be dismissive. And so what's important is that, you know, I want to help advocate on on behalf of patients as well um, to just say that, you know, don't don't quit. If you feel that like you are think something's different, don't quit. Make sure that you get the ear of somebody who's going to listen to you. And if you're your personal provider, for whatever the reasons are, are not able to um, give you that attention or give you that um that uh, reassurance or not even reassurance, but like maybe point you in the direction of where you can get an answer, keep going until you can find more information and find somebody that can actually direct you. Now, depending on where you live, you know, there might not be a center or a clinic um, where they're actually managing this. Um, thankfully, I'm in New York, and there are a couple of uh, long COVID clinics. So there are places where you can get this uh, comprehensive care, which you would probably need as a person who's suffering from long COVID. But um, you can say, you know, if you if you're not feeling the same, if you feel like something's off, probably something's off, right? It's not your it's not your imagination. And I think that's that's the one thing that I wanted to to say that's really important. Um, the symptoms cross three different, uh, organ systems. One is your neurological system So you might've, have, might've have heard of like memory loss and brain fog and, um, some people who feel like they're having a stroke. Um, they're not even actually able to express themselves the same way. They feel a little bit slower. Um, there's actually been some, uh, psychiatric illnesses that have, um, uh, been associated with having long co uh, having had an infection with COVID. Um, so, uh, the, but the brain fog slash dementia symptoms are the ones that are the most uh, prominent, um, and uh, fatigue. Right, like the fatigue uh, the, that exhaustion that you feel um after you've had COVID uh even when you've had a regular uh in like infectious disease like you just feel slammed and you're under the weather and you need to lay down and you kind of can shake it off with long COVID you can't shake it off you're just tired all the time and it's just it's different and the and the key to understanding whether this is you is that before infection you were fine you could walk up a flight of stairs you could you know dance for 15 minutes you could you know. Um, cook without forgetting where you were at right like or what you know what you were doing and now and now that's different for you right and so like a lot of the times people will say well i don't know how to tell this from age-related differences if you're 35 <laughs> or you're 40 it's not age related right like they're that's likely not age related you know um so there's the neurological sy- system that actually does get affected then there's the pulmonary system where you just you just feel like you can't you just feel like you can't catch your breath. Um there was a patient um that was on a panel in this particular webinar who was explaining her situation. Um not even 50 years old was a totally fully functioning human before covid um got covid twice unfortunately. Um and uh just couldn't even finish a sentence. She was she was just like I can't and and she was so frustrated because because people wouldn't, believe, they, they would think she's exaggerating. And she's like, I'm not like, I don't want to do that. I don't, I'm not interested in doing this. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not interested in pretending that I can't breathe, you know? Um, and so anybody who, who has asthma, like, think about that kind of a feeling without your inhaler, you know, all the time, just really, just really unable to breathe, um, fully and just weak. Because your your lungs have muscles around them that help you expand and contract your lungs, right? And so when that gets tired, when you get that gets fatigued, you know you need to take a break, just like if you're lifting weights, right? You need to take a break after it burns. You're like, I can't keep doing this anymore. The muscles around your lungs also do, are the same. Basically, they need to they need they need more they need more time to rest and recuperate um, after you've had a COVID infection
0: and that requires a lot of rehabilitation. Um, I've heard of, um, I've read about some, uh, you know, small numbers that I've read about, but, uh, some people that are like long distance runners or, you know, really good at track and, you know, can't go back. Yeah. You know, the respiratory system is just not the same.
1: It's just not the same. And, um, you know that's not to say that you won't we won't learn in 5 years that after 5 years of rehab they can get back to normal but it's just it's that's hard <laughs> that's that's just really hard um and then um the final one is cardiovascular and so like we like we've been talking about the myocarditis the the inflammation there's chest pain um there could be short, sharp chest pain there can be some heart failure um so Really uh, understanding your body and knowing what you had before and what you have after is really important and the things that you need to to pay attention to. Um, Interestingly, um, like we said in the beginning, um, in one of our earlier podcast episodes um, this time around, um, children are not immune from getting long COVID, and so they are getting long COVID. And like with anything in pediatrics, it's vague. You can't get kids to communicate to you what's wrong with them, right? So everything manifests as a stomachache, And so a lot of them, the prominent symptom of long COVID in children is having this persistent stomach ache. Um, And so uh, again, just watching for for what was your norm before and then what is it now is, is something that's important. And I think that we do not have good screening tools At all. We don't have screening tools yet. Um, honestly, we need to start thinking about screening tools, but for every system, whether it's dementia, whether it's pulmonary function, whether it's cardiovascular function, there are, there are evaluations that we can do for those particular systems to see where you're at. And so, um, those are the things to fight for. Look at, think about fatigue scales, and and what kind of um what kind of fatigue are you feeling? Journal your symptoms so that you can bring it to your provider, can make it a little bit uh, clearer for them as to what they might need to do for you. And understand that we might not have a solution for you. Um, that uh, can encompass all of the things that you need, because you know our healthcare system is not able to provide that for folks with dementia by themselves. Right. And for people who need pulmonary rehab and for cardiovascular rehab, like all of those things without COVID are not the easiest things to get access to. And so um, keeping that in mind, now you're adding, uh, you know, a long-term debilitating multi-dimensional illness on top of all of that, it's it's going to be difficult. It's not impossible. There are um, long COVID clinics. There are a lot of really, really great physicians out there that are really trying to see what they can do to crack this code um, and to give folks the support that they need. Um, But it is a thing. And so one of the reasons not to try to catch COVID is long COVID, that's one. Um, The other thing that is important to know is that um, with vaccination, your risk of getting long COVID is lower, but it's not zero. It's not zero. Um, Actually, it's about 15% after vaccination um, is the decrease. Um, And it's not like I think the number of symptoms that folks will get after vaccination is a much lower number than if you haven't been vaccinated. Um, the other thing to understand is that it is not going to be unusual if you have long COVID and you get vaccinated that your symptoms get exacerbated for a little bit. What everyone has said who has experienced this um, that was on that was in this conversation, what they've said is that it doesn't it 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 does get exacerbated. They weren't expecting it because nobody knew, right? Obviously, nobody knew, but it does. You do go back to your baseline you can get back to your baseline. And so it might it might be uncomfortable for a little while, obviously, because it's the same mechanism, um, but uh, you will be able to get back to your new baseline of symptoms um, after a short period of time of experiencing those, experiencing those symptoms. So it's important to know these things, right? You just have to go in knowing these things. That's not to say that if you have long COVID that you shouldn't get vaccinated because you really don't want to get it again if you can avoid it. Um, because if you get it again while you have long COVID, it's just, you're just even weaker to try to fight it, um, to fight, the, to fight uh, COVID if it comes after you. So um, we still recommend that you get vaccinated. However, they did make the point that um, these are conversations to have with your provider. Like what's going on with you? What are symptoms are you feeling? How is it going? Knowing that the, there's a risk. Um, what does that look like for you? And making personal decisions around whether or not this is the right direction um, for you to go through. Um, and so it's, it's really, it's really a horrifying thing that's come out of COVID honestly, um, you know, outside of death being number one horrifying thing, there is a disability that comes with being infected with COVID. Um, and there's a low recognition of what that disability looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're just starting, like, I think we're now at a place where there's awareness, And we're trying to get everybody on the same page about like, these are things like, believe your patients, believe it when you feel something, talk to somebody, let them know that, listen, I've had COVID. I, you know, I've been paying attention. This is not the way that I used to be. You can't just chalk this up to just fatigue, you know, out of nowhere. This is a real, it's actually interfering with my daily life yeah, um, and that's a good code word for you guys <laughs> out there for like that's the that's a good flag for for us is that when we hear it's interfering with your life, if it's interfering with your life, mm-hmm. then we have to try to figure out what is it that we can do to help support you. And we might not have the answer, but right. we can try different things to try to see what we can do to help you get rehab.
0: Yeah, I would say for me to add to that, I would say that the best thing, one of the things you can do is to to journal or to write down. Things that you're experiencing so you can communicate that to your provider so that when you talk to your provider, you have things you've written down, you know, that you're feeling that you can communicate with them because um, I will give you like a real life example. My, my grandma, you know, she has all these kind of health issues and then she'll go and see your doctor and she'll be like, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, it's grandma, you know, you were telling me you had this and this and this and this. Oh, yeah, you know, I, I, I I was feeling okay that day. And, you know, I just didn't want to, you know, bother my, you know, that's their job. And he needs your physician needs to help you, you need to tell him when you have heart palpitations, or, you know, you're feeling dizzy, or you're having trouble sleeping or whatever, like you you, that's their job. (laughs) You write it down, you remember it and you tell them. So like, you know, and that's maybe a generational thing with my grandma As, but, um, you need to write it down to your member and then you take it with you, to the doctor, and you tell them so that your doctor, your provider can, can help you. And then you have, for me, you know, I think having like kind of, um, like a log of, of how it's interfering or how with your life or how you're feeling, I think is really important. I know that Dr. Tony probably appreciates that.
1: (laughs) Oh, I love the journal. That is the best. I don't have a lot of patients who do it, but when I do, I'm throwing parties. I'm like, woohoo! this is awesome. I'm going to actually see what's going on here. This is amazing. Exactly. So it's just, you have no idea how, I don't know. I, I'll speak for myself. I love a patient coming to me with like, this is what happens every time I eat or whatever. And my, with my stomach, or this is what happens with my headache, or this is what happens mm-hmm. with, you know, my, with my strength, you know, like or whatever. And it's, you know, this is what happens when I take this Medicaid, like that is like, outside of me being there, staring at you, <laughs> taking like, see, like it's the best other, it's the best way for me to yeah. be able to evaluate and to give you information as to why you're feeling that way. Oh, you're right. taking that medication too soon. Maybe if you stretch it out, you won't feel this way, you know, or maybe right. take half or level, now we can work together right. as to what it is that can try to help you achieve some type of stable place right. for you to feel better. Right. Those, those journals are golden. I love exactly. That.
0: I also would say that if you're, you know, if you think that you're experiencing long COVID or you're having some symptoms by writing out or journaling what you're feeling each day, you can see if it's like a trend or something over time. Because right. you, know, you might every day, you might be like, oh, it's just a small headache. But you know, if that happens every day for like four months or whatever, you know, you should take care of that. You should That's not right. be living with a, like a headache every day. You know, just make sure. Yeah. So anyways, that as a detail-oriented person, <laughs> write it down. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you say that about the journal because now I know how my doctors feel when I walk in. Um, excuse great. me. I brought my list of things today. <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> well, sometimes the list can be scary. <laughs>
1: sometimes the li- I have a list, you're like, okay, hold on, you know, and <laughs> we have to compromise on how much we can talk about. But the fact that like, the fact that like you have yeah. it, you know, that I think that that's great, yeah. you know, I think, and, the, and technology allows you to like, I mean, at least this is me with some of my patients and I don't have the patient panel of other primary care physicians. Yeah. Um, so let me just qualify that, but yeah. um, just send me the whole thing. And then when I get a moment, I can read it, <laughs> you know, right. and, then, and then I can actually go through, um, right and then have something to talk to you about right. uh, going forward. So every you yeah. know regardless of what it is writing it down and being able to present that to your primary care physician yeah. is always appreciated. Um and at least you try to advocate for yourself and I would say as a as a as a health equity advocate, you know, out there, if you're not getting the the care that you feel like you need, get another look for someone else. Like look right. for it. Um, try to see, try to yeah. make sure that you're finding somebody who can actually listen to you and, and get, get you the care that you need. And maybe, you know, one of the things that I, you know, what I loved about this conversation too, was just like the, every single physician on this call was so, so caring. Like they mm. all so like, if they could just cure the world, they would, <laughs> you know, like they just were so, so caring and you know, we're very honest about the fact that like kind of the way Dr. Amy and I uh, started the podcast, which is like, we're not really great at communicating. um, And that's a disservice to the population as scientists and as physicians, we're not doing good at communicating. Um, and And part of the reason we started this podcast was to try to communicate in a clear way to folks who are not scientists, who are just want to understand the information as clearly as possible. Right. And I think that the other thing to add is one of the reasons we're not good at communicating is something that was stated in this webinar, which is that we do not like being uncertain. We are uncomfortable being Mm -hmm. uncertain. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot of uncertainty in COVID Mm -hmm. and that makes it more difficult for us to communicate, you know? And I was like, that's, that's actually right. That's true. You know, like it's really hard. We hate not knowing stuff.
0: (laughs) Well, that's what our life's work is to, is to discover, you know, the truth of disease and science and, and all of that. The other, one of the other reasons I think that sometimes we don't, well, we don't like being uncertain, but. One of the things that I think during this whole pandemic has been hard for the public to understand is science is always changing. So sometimes when we say like, oh, this is this way and this is that way, we mean at that current point in time. And that Delta variant, then there became, you know, other, you know, other variants. Now we are in the Omicron. There's sub variants of Omicron. So anything that we say at any point in time should be taken for just that moment in time. And I think some of us are aware of the fact that if we say something like with absolute certainty, it's just going to change that next minute. And then, That's right. so we don't want it's, to, it's a
1: slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. <laughs> and, and that's why I, every time I say things,
0: I'm like in this moment in time. Yeah. Exactly. This
1: is what I understand today.
0: Right. Because well, right now, mind. possible. Yeah. Cause like right now, what Dr. Tony is saying about, you know, long COVID it's what we understand right now in a year from now, guaranteed, we're going to have a lot more understanding of long COVID and um, you know, maybe ways that it could possibly be treated or maybe right. even avoided or things that maybe people could do to, um, as soon as it starts coming on, maybe having it be less severe or having you know less symptoms. But right now, what we know is that it exists. We want patients to tell their providers as much as they can so that it can be documented and that more will be learned over time.
1: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and so, the the long story short is that there's no downside to getting vaccinated at this. point. <laughs> exactly, there just really isn't a downside. Right,
0: right. There and is so not.
1: There just really isn't for, for anyone of, the- of any age. Right. Except for anyone under six months, because because that's the that's the age for right now.
0: Right. Six um, months and up can get vaccinated. Six so and, up go ahead and do you it. get
1: vaccinated. And we would suggest. To do that, um, yep, you know, is it a hundred percent no, but it's it's a hundred percent that you will not have a good experience if you get the actual infection.
0: Right, exactly, exactly. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. And yeah. if you have any questions, reach oh, out. Yes. Short, sweet, to
1: the point to continue to be helpful to you. So go ahead and send us your questions and comments at Dr. Tony and Dr. Amy at gmail.com. That's Dr. Tony T-O-N-I, and Dr. Amy A-I-M-E-E, at gmail.com. Thanks as always to our Jeff Judy for providing this awesome tune, and tune in next time for our next discussion on Help Make It Make Sense.